Gordon Gecko in the 1987 movie Wall Street said this. He said, greed is good because it propels us. Well, Thomas Aquinas went a little bit of a different route, okay? He made uh, greed one of his seven deadly sins. And he said this. He said, greed can be a sin directly against one's neighbor. Since man cannot overabound in external riches without another man lacking them. For temporal goods cannot be possessed by many at the same time. What is he saying here? He's saying the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. We've talked a few weeks ago about anger and how anger declares, you owe me, and I'm going to let you know that I am upset about what you've done because you didn't give me something that I wanted. Well, today we're going to talk about greed, and greed tells us, I owe me. I owe myself this. Andy Stanley, in his book, Enemies of the Heart, says that greedy people believe that they deserve every good thing that comes their way. Not only that, but they believe that they deserve any good thing that could possibly come their way. Their mantra is, what's mine is mine because I've earned it, and I've got a lot more coming my way. It's hard to get greedy people to part with their money or their stuff. Why? Because it's theirs, and they're scared. Now, sometimes there's excuses in their background where they grew up uh, with very little, or at one point they had lost everything, but now they cling to everything that they have. We've probably all seen uh, at least one episode of Hoarders, right? There's normally some uh, tragedy in their background, so now they save tinfoil and they save old diapers for some reason because one day they might need that again. You know how often that comes up. Uh, but there's this thing in their background that says, because this happened, now I have to cling to everything that I own. But there's a problem with greed. It's sometimes greed disguises itself. Now, anger and anxiety, those things are pretty easy to feel and to identify. And you might even be sitting here today and you're relieved. You're like, whew, I uh, won't get my toes stepped on this morning because I don't even have enough to be greedy. Well, I don't know about you, but I've never met a person that admitted that they were greedy. Have you ever met that person? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a real problem with greed. Nobody ever admits that. We like to call it careful instead. I'm just careful. Or as Christians, the Christianese word for it is being a good steward. I'm just trying to be a good steward with all I have. But greed hides behind virtues. And that's what makes it so hard to identify in our hearts. Greedy people are savers, and saving is a good thing. Greedy people are planners, and planning is a good thing. Greedy people save up for the future and plan for later on to have a secure future. And that is a good thing. And that's why it's so hard for us to identify greed in our lives. Greed is easy to hide from ourselves, but it's actually pretty easy for us to identify in other people. Uh, greedy people talk and worry a lot about money. Greedy people are not cheerful givers. They're reluctant to share. Greedy people are poor losers. Greedy people fight over insignificant amounts of money. Greedy people talk as if, as if they just have enough to get by, regardless of how much that is. Greedy people won't let you forget when they have done something for you. They're reluctant to express gratitude, and they aren't content with what they have. Now, we've seen these qualities in, in someone else, right? You might have even had a few 
uh, faces pop up in your head. Oh, yeah, that person. Yeah, they do that all the time. But we rarely see these qualities in ourselves. And the funny thing is, is you see these qualities in poor people and rich people alike. Because greed isn't a financial issue, it's a heart issue. More money doesn't make people less greedy. Greed doesn't depend on our circumstances, it pushes forward from our heart. Are there signs of greed in your life? Are there strings attached to everything that you do? Is everything a transaction? Luke 12, 15, Jesus says to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. Another version says it this way, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. Jesus there is warning us and saying, hey, look out, take care, be on your guard, beware, don't listen to the lie of greed. Life is about more than what you possess. Don't buy into the lie that your stuff is your life. Tori and I have told our kids over and over that, that stuff is more important than people. Or excuse me, I said that totally wrong. <laughs> We're great parents. We just... <laughs> Amen. Let me try that one more time. <laughs> stuff is not important. People are important. That's how we say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's much better. Stuff is not important. People are important. And that comes out, though, uh, when someone breaks our favorite mug, Right? How we react to that when it was obviously an accident, whether we blow up and we just uh, tear into that person or whether we realize we need to be forgiving and have mercy on somebody because people are more important than stuff. And their life is ultimately much more precious than our stuff. I'm so glad that God didn't value his creation that we broke over our souls. But fear is what fuels greed. Greed is surrounded by so many what-ifs. Ultimately, greedy people can't bring themselves to believe that God will take care of them. It's so hard for them to lean on that. Greedy people try their best to acquire and maintain everything they have in order to provide a sense of security for themselves for the future. But the problem is, is there is never enough. There's never enough. Greedy people never have enough to provide security for every possible conceivable eventuality. There's no way that you can have everything planned out and have enough for any possible scenario. They never have enough. And greed eventually strains on every relationship when we set out on a quest to protect what we owe ourselves. Now, we can be greedy with more than just money. We can be greedy with our time. We can be greedy with our energy and with our affection and attention. Now, during Advent, we talked about how we can fall into the trap of bigger barn syndrome, right? We talked about a man in Luke 12, that Jesus is telling this parable of a rich man that's had such a good harvest and such a great year that his barns couldn't fit all the bounty. So he said, tear down my old barns and make bigger ones. But we saw that it never occurred to him to give away the rest. He had all he needed, but he decided to hoard his resources. And we saw that in Luke 12, 18. 
And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. He thought all of his harvest and all of his bounty meant that he had security and comfort and leisure, never once asking the question, did God give me extra to help someone? Did God give me more to hand away? And this here is an obvious picture of a greedy man, a man who never asked the question, Lord, what do you want with my extra? Instead, he says, lucky me. I deserve this. I earn this. I saw somebody share a, a little you know, meme or whatever you want to call it on Facebook. And he said, uh, I found $200 today on the street. And I found, and then later on, I saw a lady that was uh, just in, she was so desperate and she was so, she was just crying there. So I gave her $20. And it was the money that she had lost that he had given her the $20 out of. He said, I gave her uh, $20 out of the 200 that I just found. And she had just lost it. Forgetting uh, what it says in James 1, and we could do this sometimes, is that every good gift comes from God. And when we say, lucky me, I deserve this, I earn this, we overlook the people that are around us. Say, having a lot of money is not the problem. There are some wealthy people that are not greedy at all. But those are the people that are asking the question, God, what do you want to do with my extra? When we build bigger barns, Jesus calls those people a fool. We're missing the point to live for the eternal, not the temporary. Now, the three words around here that are very important to us, that's gather, grow, and give. We gather together like it makes a difference. And that's what we're doing right now. We grow together like never before. And that's what we do through our connection and our community. But that last one is give. We give like we won't run out. These are what we're shooting for and entertaining for. And we give out of our time, talent, and treasures. And we ask God, what do you want with my life? What do you want with what I have? So how about you? Are you honest with yourself? Do other people see your greed, but you hide it from yourself? And maybe you are brave enough to admit that it's there. What now? One positive step would be realizing that our wants and desires are never satisfied. No matter how many things you put in your Amazon cart, there's going to be another thing tomorrow. No matter how many times you, uh, you know, go to the store, there's always that next thing to get. Proverbs 27.20 says, our eyes are never satisfied. King Solomon, one of the richest men in the world in Ecclesiastes 2, talks about how he built great things and he had great success and there was not satisfaction in it. He says, vanity, it's all vanity. So he built great things. And next he tried to find satisfaction in wine and revelry, but it was all in vain. Then he tried retail therapy. He bought all kinds of wonderful things, but it was all vanity. He had an endless supply of romances and partners, but there was no satisfaction. And finally he cries out, Desperately, he says, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. See, the words of Jesus are so 
countercultural to where we live today. And he says in Mark 8.35, he says, whoever would save his life, whoever would hold on to his life, whoever would hoard his life, will lose it. But whoever loses his life, whoever opens his hand on his life, whoever gives his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. This is a challenge for us to stop living for ourselves, to stop worrying so much about our comfort and our security and instead hold our hands open and say, God, what do you want me to do with what you have given me? How do you want me to use my time and my talent and my treasures? See, when we feel like we don't have enough, we never hesitate at questioning God why, right? God, I don't have enough for this. God, why am I going through this? What's going on here? We don't hesitate to say, God, I need more. Where are you? I need help. And then when God pulls through, we thank him. But now maybe you're on the other side of that. And when we didn't have enough, we wondered why. But why not wonder why when we have more than enough? God, why did you give me this extra? God, why did you give me this promotion? What is the goal here, God? God, why have you blessed me? What if God didn't just give you more so that you could upgrade? What if God didn't just give you more so that you could keep up with your friends? What if God just didn't give you more so that you could retire early? We ought to be asking that question. God, why have you given me this extra? As a kid, we probably remember a time when a friend or a sibling wanted one of our cookies, so we shoved them all in our mouth, right? Recently, and she's not in here, so I could tell this story. Pretty soon, I won't be able to tell all these stories on my kids. But uh, Chloe, the other day, Noah had uh, uh, given her some of his pepperoni rolls. And, or not, excuse me, not pepperoni rolls. Those are sacred. Uh, these are uh, pizza rolls, totally different, right? He had given them some of her pizza rolls. But then he decided he wanted a couple back. He had given her too many for whatever reason. But she had already licked every single one of them. <laughs> She said, I thought he might ask for them back, so I licked all of them. What in the world? And sometimes we could be that way with God, right? God gives us so much, and we want to figure out places to put it and put it somewhere else and say, this is mine. God, you can't have this back. What did God give us this extra for? In the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus in Matthew 5.42 says, Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. What does that mean? It means we need to find people in need, and we need to help people in need. And most of us in the room, if we're honest, we have two cookies, right? But what are we going to do with them? See, greed is conquered by generosity. We have to let go of the grip on our stuff. If we're consuming to the point of having little or nothing left, then we're greedy. If we aren't willing to give to the point that it impacts our comfort and our lifestyle, then we're greedy. But God didn't call us to live in fear of not having enough. And if you're anything like me, you don't feel greedy, but greed is the refusal to act. So how do we start? Well, we don't wait until we're in shape to exercise, right? And you don't wait to be generous until your fear of giving is gone. 
God loves a cheerful giver, but some of us may have to give until we are cheerful. And this is why many of us in the room today are percentage givers. We realize that God gets the first off the top, and then we figure out how to make do with the rest. We support kingdom work, but we also support those that are around us that have needs. Being spontaneous, when we see a need, we fill a need. You know, sometimes you might think, well, I have a gift to be able to recognize problems. Well, that just might very well be that God is calling you to do something about those problems. And this is how you fight bigger barn syndrome. This is how you fight greed. You work towards being generous. And maybe you have to do it gradually. For some of you, it might start off with being very faithful to pay off your credit card debt because you've lived well above your means. For some of you, that might be starting with something or downgrading something. But this is how we fight against being greedy people. We try to model this as a church as well. We realize that everything God gives this church isn't just for inside these walls. We as a church are constantly asking the question, what does God want us to do with our extra? And how can we work towards having more extra to give away? See, having money isn't bad. Money is a great tool. It's, knowing, it's not knowing why you have money that is dangerous. So how are we going to make an impact with what we've been given? Ultimately, everything that we have been given is God. It's God's. And David understood that. And he says this in 1 Chronicles 29, 11. He says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Verse 12 says, both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all of it. God owns it all. If you can trust God with your eternal soul, why can't you trust God with your finances and your schedule? If you could trust God in the next life, why do we struggle so hard to trust God in this life? If you can trust God for your eternity and infinity time after your death, why can't we trust God for today? We have to fight against this culture of greed that is all around us and ask ourselves why we have what we have and decide whether we trust our finances for security more than we trust our God for security. In the end, you have to ask yourself this question. What scares me more? Losing what I've been given or wasting what I've been given? Every head's bowed and eyes closed. Band's going to come. This is one of those ugly sins that none of us want to admit that we have, right? Part of our problem is it's just in our culture so much. Every one of us are encouraged throughout our life to chase the American dream. You need to have your you know, pretty house in the suburbs with a white picket fence, nice sports car, retire at the age of 40. And that's what we're told that we need to shoot for. That's the dream. But that's so against the Bible. 
The dream should be, God, you've given me so much. How can I invest in the next life? God, how can I use what you've given me to impact people? Because stuff isn't what isn't important. It's people that are important. Because people are the only thing on this earth that will last forever. Their heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you want to come down to the altar today. I can imagine that would be really hard to say, God, I, I've been burying my talents. I've been wasting what you've given me. Maybe you want to pray in your, in your pew. Maybe you want to come and say, God, I need to be more generous. And you might say, Pastor Phil, you're just trying to get more money for this church. You know what? That's not it at all. We're doing great. God has blessed us. There's freedom and there's joy and there's peace when you say, God, I'm going to hand it to you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust you. When we grip tighter to things, it just gives us stress and anxiety and worry. Why? Because you can never plan for every eventuality. We have to realize that we're not owners of anything at all. We don't own anything. We're just managers. One day, someone else will own what you have. Someone else will manage what you have. So the goal today should be, God, how do I make an impact? How do I invest in changing this world for your glory, to bring glory to your name? And that can happen in so many other ways than just giving to the church. It can happen on your street. It can happen in uh, your town. It can happen across the world through you getting passionate about giving of your time and your talent and your treasures. For some of you, what you're really greedy about is your time. You got to have your, your me time. Maybe God stuck it on your heart that you need to really, what you need is to have others' time. They're going to play, and you take some time to just ask God to search your heart. This is a hard thing to admit. Let's ask God to point to where we could get better. We can grow to be more like him.